I'm pissed. Nowhere does it say that they're going to charge you 10% gratuity. And it's just like, look, look, there may be some jerks out there, right, that come into a restaurant that's like, I'm not going to give you anything. But because you did that, I ain't giving you nothing. Jordan. Hello, and thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Haunting in Venice. I'm thinking it's going to be a scary, fun movie. I didn't watch a trailer. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, this is part three, right? The last movie we reviewed was Death on the Nile. Death on a Nile? I don't know. Eric, how the hell are you doing? Have you not seen the trailer for this? Hey, am I rubbing off on you a little bit here, Jordan, and you're just going in completely cold? Or is the pressure to watch these movies so tight here that you are just <laughs> don't have any other time to, and you're just having to, you know, throw it in the in the stream as soon as you get the moment's chance and don't don't do any research on the movie. Well, to be fair, I was accidentally watching the other movie we were going to review next week, and about ten minutes into it, I looked at our schedule and went, "Oh, this is the wrong movie." So, yeah. we, this was going to be a different podcast. No, um, I I actually remember reviewing, watching, and reviewing Death on the Nile, Death on the Nile, and I think I told you in the episode I fell asleep. Um, I didn't fall asleep in this one this one is so interesting it's dumb it now (laughs) it does feel I will say like at this point this movie was directed by uh, by Kenneth Branagh who also stars in it uh, reoccurring his character is the third time right and it feels like he's he's making these movies just for him at this point right it was wasn't a murder <laughs> on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile supposed to have the star studded cast and you know, kinda like knives out in a way. Right? Is, yeah, exactly. It's their knives out. This is But this doesn't what, seem star studded. I don't see anybody that I remember. No, Besides the doctor with the mustache. This one. Who? Uh, I, I mean no, I'm saying they they're 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 kind of yeah. I, hold on, I'm going to research this. Did they make this thing during COVID or something? When did this come out? No, they did not make this during COVID because if that was the case, they wouldn't have had that big party in the beginning of the movie. Release day September 11th. Ooh. He'll pick a better day, I think. But it feels like... I I don't no. know, man. It feels like this, this movie was shot in a weekend. <laughs> um, I feel like... When the investigation started to happen, it felt like it was filmed on the weekend. Um, the movie is a brisk 143, right? An hour 43. That's perfectly fine with us, right? Yeah. Uh, I was excited for that, for the runtime. This is on, uh, what, Hulu, I believe. It's on Hulu. Uh, but um, the first 40 minutes was all set up. And you feel those 40 minutes. Uh, it seems just like the movie with the kids running around. It seems chaotic. It seems crazy. It seems, uh, unfocused. And then all of a sudden there is a murder. Now we're going to get to it. You know, it just seems, you know, I, I get it completely. This is weird. It, uh, I don't want to, I'm not trying to, to belittle this movie by comparing it to this, but I get what you mean completely. It really does feel kind of like an amusement park ride at this moment. Like I knowingly bought the ticket knowing what I'm going to get a ride for. And that's exactly what, what we have, we have, right? It, it, the first, like you said, uh, act being that complete setup. And as soon as they walk into the house, you feel like, all right, well, here we go. Kind of here, here comes the, the adventure. Here comes the ride and everything that they do since that part, is I, I feel like you're, you're automatic you're in the, like this this mode of like detective mode where you're just trying to take mm-hmm. note of all these characters like the camera is now forcing you to kind of see what it wants you to see so if a character is positioned a certain way or they say a certain thing to a certain someone at a certain time it's, it's a suspect and you uh draw your own conclusions from watching it in you know you're you're in the game you're you're playing the mystery who done it game you're 
you're Hercule, Hercule Perot, and you're observing everything at this point. Now, this is not a joke, but uh, two nights prior to this recording, um, I was in the garage. I came inside. My wife just started, in my opinion, the greatest whodunit ever, Clue. Okay. I love Clue. I think you like Scream more. I do like Scream more, but Clue is classic. Yes. Clue's your... Of course. That is what this is kind of with, right? So I watch Clue, which I think in this genre is up there. And um, that's what this movie is is teetering on. Because um, I did not go back and watch Death on a Nile, but I listened to our review. And that movie was serious on Face Valley. This this movie's teetering on parody a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. And the other two movies, they had the scary ghost elements or whatever. Uh, this one blatantly tells you at the end if ghosts are real or not. And I'm like, ah, oh, that kind of defeats the whole purpose though, right? Right? It's um it kind of as an example. It 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 kind of drags you along into into that, right? And at the end, they confirm or deny that ghosts are real. Yeah, uh, it's the other two movies. They completely debunk it. The other two movies they didn't address it, right? It was it was in a, a supernatural super... thing. It was it was that we everyone knew that there was a murder that took place, and that it there was. Everyone was a suspect. Everyone had a reason to do it. That's what, what the difference is between Orient and um, Nile are, is that those setups were giving you those characters like Professor Plum and Colonel Mustard and Mrs. You know, uh, or Scarlet. Peacock. Scarlet yeah. and Peacock. And, uh, yeah, but... You, you know, and like, there's backstory. And because of that they built motive as to like, you know, the main character uh, who was, you know, the party. Oh, I'm glad you all came here tonight on my, the day of my so-and-so's, you know, death day, birthday right. thing, thing. And uh, uh, everyone had the motive to kill this person who then would, you know, after a blackout and then turn up dead. And Which is like, what's missing from this movie, Eric. Yeah. It, it's, you know, the loose, uh, dots and it just it, a whole lot of uh, I don't know thought process of, of watching the movie. Whereas this was just kind of like um, a murder mystery dinner party. Yeah. So let's go into uh, the backstory. Not really the. Well, I guess it goes with the plot, but the backstory. The very simple version of it is that there was this uh, multi-level home in Venice that was used for fostering children. And the children liked it there, and the doctors were cool, the nurses were cool, everybody was cool with the kids, but then plague happened. And the doctors and the nurses and everybody left the house, locking the children in, allegedly, to fend for themselves to their death. And ever since then, the house has been sold, has been sold, has been sold. And everybody that has bought the house, has lived in the house, has alleged, a la Amityville Horror, that there is ghostly things that happen in the house. Well, a year prior to this movie, you have a wife and a daughter, well, a mother and a daughter, and uh, the daughter jumps out her window into the canals of Venice and commits suicide. And we are told by the mother that owns the house and other people that is she heard the voices of the children. It was driving her mad of the ghost children. That's the backstory. Man, gone are the days, man. Right where you could use that as an excuse, you right. know, you were just some, you know, just some alcoholic f- husband or something like that, just lonely as hell, and you just <laughs> just kill your wife one day and be like, oh, um, I know, I'll tell everyone that she was frantic, she was seeing ghosts. I didn't gone kill are the her. Days. Gone yeah. are the days, especially how <laughs> we find out who the actual murder is and how the link is to the chain of this. I'm just like, wow, that could never, you could not have gone away with it, but and I'm not spoiling it, but I'm telling you though, as soon as this backstory was told and then our main character and everybody goes to the house, I look at my wife and I go, 
if the mom is the killer because we've seen this story a thousand times, I'm going to automatically give this a small bag. <laughs> That's exactly what I said to Gina. She was, what? I said, we've seen this story. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying the mom's the killer or not. I'm just saying, like, that was my gut reaction, right? It's because what happens is it's on all Halloween Eve's night. It's Halloween. And all these children come to the haunted foster children's house because of a party. The mom throws a party at the house that she owns. That is haunted by ghosts. But, but tell me if I'm right on this, this place is known to be filled with haunted ghosts that are ghost kids. So they bring other orphan kids to the scary orphan house to have a party. The neighborhood kids, right? Okay. (laughs) I, I, yes, to be honest with you, Jordan, yeah, to be honest with you, Jordan, it it was moving, it was moving, the story was moving, and I, I kind of was not engaged. Sure, Sure. okay, (laughs) but, okay, but the mom owns the house. A year prior, her daughter jumps out her bedroom window and commits suicide. Yeah, no, I got, I got that part. So we get all that stuff. But the but the setup is stupid. The setup is really really stupid. Where it's like this known this is known to be a ghost house with children. So let's bring children in, and then they're they're MacGuffin. I don't know if it's a MacGuffin, but their excuse is, oh, the children are safe because ghost children like children. They just don't like doctors and nurses. I guess that's a MacGuffin, right? So the children bob for apples. Uh-huh, right? We meet our main characters. Children leave, right? We get a big storm coming in, and then all of a sudden, this is where things start to happen. This is where we get uh, a medium, medium, psychic yes, person, yes, a medium, uh, played by a woman that I've seen before. Is she the mom? For no, she's not. Is is uh, she the main star in uh, Everything Everywhere at Once? Yes, she won. That Academy. is her. Yeah. Okay. She looks. Like, I was like, I was like, oh my god, that's the okay. So she plays this. You're doomed as a death curse house kind of role. And she brings along uh, this boy and this girl. Uh, it's Quicksilver and, and, and Scarlet Witch, obviously. Tell uh-huh. me their back. Tell me their backstory. It's not. Um, and she performs a seance because they want to talk to the ghost of the children. Because the mother a- would do anything to hear her daughter's voice again. Anything, right. Anything. And then... Our main dude, what's it, Hercules? Is that his dude? Is that his name? <laughs> it is now. Hercule. Hercule? Yeah. Yeah, were you ever a fan of Dragon Ball Z? You know me. So yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not gonna get a tip now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so Herculo, Herculo, um, okay, so he is known, our main guy oh, who we've seen in the previous, the other two movies, uh, he is known to be this great detective, everybody respects him, and when there is something that's crazy or cannot be explained, he always finds the killer, he always gets his man, so he is here to debunk uh, this, uh, it's a doomed death curse woman, and she spins around, she does her nonsense, now Hold this on. part of the movie. What? He he was there under false pretense because Tina Fey, his old friend, offered him to to see a séance and she said, "You got to see this, you got to check it out," type of thing. Right? She's That's like, what happened, though. Yeah, yeah, but they go there, and then all this stuff happened, and it does feel like uh, he was tricked, kind of in into uh, you know being right place, right time. The other two movies were kind of the same thing, though, right? Where the murder or the incident or whatever the murders both that happened were on not necessarily his watch but definitely in his company in uh-huh. in close quarters and this is pretty much the same so, as far as those that. are by it, happenstance it just though. feels like yeah exactly those feel by coincidence this uh does not this this no. feels very forced like yeah, they they push him in here, and we find out later is because, and again, there's motive from everybody here that, uh, and played by Tina Fey, is that all she wanted to do was get source material uh, for something that would finally stump the great uh, detective Hercule Poirot. 
Right. So that was her motive. And, and they're old friends too, right? So that's kind of weird as well that she would bamboozle her old friend, right? Because you kept on seeing the beginning of the movie, oh, we're old friends and you're not going to suspect me as a murderer. She well, no, we're old friends. Yeah, you're right. She may mention that she got rich because of him in the first place writing about him. Sure, but they're old friends. It's like if I, it's like if I invite you Agatha over, Christie? bud. It yes, that's exact. Yeah, actually, that's not me being sarcastic. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm gonna explain that accent that she was trying mm-hmm. to do. So we get this amazing English. Yes. Never mind. Go ahead. We get this amazing seance. Um, the woman is spinning around in a chair. Doors are flying open. Windows are flying open. And, of course, I know this is supposed to be fake, right? Because that's the whole point of the movie in a way. So I'm looking for the strings, uh, pun intended kind of thing, right? Like I'm looking for the nonsense for me to see. So when they reveal all this was nonsense, I can be like, ah, I caught it. And she's spinning in a chair. And all of a sudden, she speaks in like a teenage little girl's voice saying to her mother through the voice that you murdered me. You murdered me. Are we supposed to take this on face value at this point, knowing what we know about at the end of the movie? Is this, is this, are we not supposed to think that she's a fake? Well, I'll tell you what, if that chair was not moving and spinning around like it was, I wouldn't believe that her, that girl for a moment, but because it was spinning crazily and her hair was going wild. Ah, go ahead and believe her. Like, oh wow! Well, no, they, because they everybody the was sa- there. The people that knew the girl said that was her voice. I'm just saying because the movie never tells us definitively if she was a fake or not, right? It never. They never say she was a fake. Well, there's the thing too. It, well, because she was exposed. Her Hercule exposed her to an extent, right? And then there's where where we're made to believe it, right? Because there was trickery to a limit, and then once, was, yeah, and when then once Hercule finds the um, the the two kids or you know the two helpers assistants, Quicksilver and then Scarlet Witch. Yes, <laughs> you're not wrong. Tell me you're not wrong. <laughs> okay, uh, to find Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in the chimney and behind the curtain, um. Literally. That's when the real, I guess, possession happens, right? And they're like, "Oh, well, we've, you know, this is new. We didn't rehearse this." Do you think, though, on on face value, do you think, from what you know of the end, do you think that that she was actually possessed by the girl, or do you think that was all ruse? What What's your opinion? Oh, uh, I think uh, she was. I don't know. I think that maybe. I think she was. Maybe Michelle Yeoh was a medium, and she was just she was just feeling it that night, you know. But and, she spoke in the girl's voice, though, bud. And the uh, well, the girl's voice was maybe lingering around there, and was just like, you know what? I, f- I found a spot. I'm gonna go ahead and take it. Uh, this real vulnerable medium woman who's who's kind of feeling it right now. I'm just gonna jump in, take over for a hot minute. See what Did happens. the medium drink the tea though? That's a that's a valid question. Oh, maybe she did. I don't remember if she drank the tea or not. I'm pretty sure she did. I'm pretty sure she had a sip of it because um, they did make note of of kind of who was having some tea and who who wasn't. There was select shots of it. I think maybe she had a she had a sip and then she said, "Talk to me," and then that stuff happened. Nice, talk to me. Um, so this is where the murder happens, right? Everybody's in their little rooms doing their little thing. And then uh, we had a weird conversation. I felt uncomfortable with the median and um, our hero, the detective, where they're talking. He's calling her a fraud. She puts that mask on him. Kind of remind me of Dr. No and No Time to Die. Yeah, that seemed a little weird. He's Dr. No to me, just so I just want to get it off my chest. And then the detective decides to just walk around in the not only Dr. No get up, but also the eyes wide shut get up. Oh yeah, it was kinky. It was that was that was eyes wide shut get up right there. I was walk, wondering what eyes were wide walk open. Into. Yeah, and he walks in and he sees this bobbing for apples. Now I traditionally do not get uncomfortable during movies because they're all fake, right? And we're supposed to suspend our disbelief. But for some reason, I felt very uncomfortable 
because Kenneth Branagh decided, because he's the director and the star of the movie, he decided to go underwater shot of him sticking his tongue out, licking and bobbing for apples. Again, don't kink shame. He wanted us to see that. He wanted us to see that was a what stupid, he does. That's stupid. Come on. I mean, like, that's... Re- Not the dumbest thing in this movie. No, is it? Though? It's weird, though, right? Because think about this. He gets this eyes wide shut mask cloak on him and he decides not to take it off he just strolls around the house sees unused bob for apples bucket and then he decides to put inside the water camera shot of his sticking his tongue out and licking i'm just like what what and all of a sudden this figure comes behind him and tries to drown him and then his bodyguard saves him and his bodyguard saves him we hear a scream and then there's the median impaled by Lady Liberty herself. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of a foyer. I, I don't know. So now we of have the, a murder. Of the Garden Square. Yes. We have a murder. She's impaled. No blood. No, of course not. The movie rating wouldn't allow it. No blood. She's impaled. We got a murder. And everybody's trying to figure it out, right? And this is where the movie gets a little interesting. It takes a dark turn and a little bit, but this is where he's like, okay, I'm going to put my detective hat on. We're going to figure this out. And he starts interviewing people one by one. Now in the other two movies, I believed that he was good at his job in this movie. I feel like the actors were told to believe that he was good at his job. This guy couldn't break me. If he tried, (laughs) this guy sucks in this movie. He solved the case. What are you talking about? He sucks. Could he break you? No. Break? He's, oh man, the the beauty about Hercule is that you never know what angle he's working. But he's always working you. Eric, he was, what was it? I'm talking about specifically the scene in the kitchen where they're interviewing, I don't don't know who they're interviewing. And, (laughs) and, it was like, you did this, didn't you, on this day at this time? Didn't you? Didn't you? And well, it's like, it also re- was revealed that he took a bit of the tea, right? And he's, uh, yeah, there, listen, there was overacting plenty in this movie, mm. Jordan. And uh, I'll tell you one thing uh, about overacting. There was that kid in this movie oh, that Leopold, that you said, you. what'd you just say? I love that kid. That kid is so, that kid doesn't even know what the definition of ham yet is, and he is the definition of ham. That kid is awesomely bad i love him needed to be thrown out the window is what that needed to happen in this movie it wanted to to save any bit of it the ghost daughter should have possessed somebody and and went for that kid for sure who's a more horrible kid in a movie this kid or the boy from mummy returns (laughs) or is it the third mummy no yeah that's right mummy returns yeah where he put yeah where he was brendan fraser's son in the movie, yes. <laughs> Hold on. I, I just pulled I that an answer I, to it. I, I would say that it, the kids from Jurassic Park are pretty bad too. Well, okay, fine. No, this kid, this kid is amazing. And what I mean by that is that this kid, this kid, he's the only actor that knows what he's in. I mean, truly. I mean, like he's hamming it up. He's over. He's he's smart and intelligent for his young age of ten. My father is suffering from shell shock. Come here. Look at my thick black rimmed glasses. I know things. Meh. I'm gonna stand outside a bathroom so my people wash their hands. Meh. You know, it's great. This guy's a piece of crap. I guess. You don't think this kid's fun? I, I, he's a character. That that's for sure. But there's a thing: is that like he's. He's taking it seriously where the I think the other people are are trying but they're falling short. Like the guy who played that his dad, this this, you know, panicked anxiety shaken man all the time who's, you know, a distant father and who's relying on his son to be, you know, taking care of him and stuff like that, who's, you know, his shell shocked father. It just seemed like I don't know. You know the period of time when it, it was kind of a, an excuse to to kind of you know be exhausted and have the vapors and you know oh i've you know i'm delirious it, it sure. just hand to the forehead type of thing and just oh i'm exhausted and it, it was just like what the hell's going on with that person uh, kind of a thing and 
it feels like that's what this guy was. He's just kind the of shock father. I don't, I don't, I don't know. He's just or the kid, dude. That's when the movie took a dark turn, dude. His story was actually like, it was actually pretty haunting and sad. Like his story is that he was he was a soldier for for you know for her queen for her majesty, and they find a they they find a Nazi uh, camp. And he said we were we were we were nursing skeletons, and then like a bunch died because we gave them milk. And it's like what? Oh my god, this sounds horrible for a movie that is completely a joke. This is like a serious story. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god! And he was the only actor I believed in this movie. Like like he actually seemed like, yeah, he was he was a little hammy, but like I could believe that, right? Like this guy seemed legit, kind of. Well, I, no? I, no, no, no. I, I understand. Like, it, not to it's not to his discard the actors. That is, I, I feel like it, the the direction of it was to make a show of it, and it it played kind of just cartoony to me. Okay. Uh, and you know, maybe the better way to, to put it is, is that it was really theatrical. Mm. Is that you know, you, okay, show the audience that you know that you're you're disconnected. And and things that rather than uh, the obvious, where it's probably someone who's just very very quiet, very you know self-absorbed, probably in their head the entire time, maybe just doing a repeated tick over and over and over and over again, it, it, you know, rather than you know playing for <laughs> effect, which is this where this guy's just I don't know, always just kind of gasping, oh, shadow. <laughs> The part that shadow, uh, the part that made me actually laugh is when he's the only doctor in the in the house, and uh, he goes to um, examine the body, and and all of a sudden the detective's like, "Didn't you check her wrist? Her watch is broken." And he's just like, he does like this like Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt from Fight Club tick. Like he sh- looks at it, doesn't understand, it, like shakes his head no, and he's like, "I didn't see that." He starts flipping well, out. Just, like no those, yeah, those moments where he snaps. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I get it. It's <laughs> supposed to be, you know, oh, he's he's again loose cannon type of thing. Right. Um. I I don't know. I I guess I just felt like maybe the character would have been. But again, I've not read the book, so I don't know. What yeah. No. Like I guess it's ex- extremely loose on it. I I guess. Um. Also, another thing that again, we always would say what we would do. So you and I are in this house, right? And there's a murder happened and people seem to kind of take the murder pretty well. You know, I mean, like a woman was impaled, but they seem to be distraught, but also take it very well. <laughs> and, like, yeah, we knew this was coming. Right. And then all of a sudden the detective's <laughs> like, you and you are going to stand in front of the gates to make sure nobody leaves. And I would be, again, that one guy that goes, uh, the hell you say? You know, like everybody's just so accepting. Oh, there's a murder. Okay, well, listen to this. Argue with that mustache. I get the problem with a movie like this is when you have the first movie, you're on a train. You got no place to go. This is what you have to deal with. The second movie, you're on a boat. You got no place to go. You're in a city in this movie. Like, you know what I'm trying to say, Eric? It's like, there's no claustrophobia in this movie. There's no sense of dread in this movie. You could easily jump out the second window, maybe hurt your shin splints, but still get out. And go to, what, into the canal? You could probably swim across the gana- to the canal to go to the cops. <laughs> just saying. You know, like, it's just, it, I, it wasn't I, completely surrounded by the canal either. It was just one side. Just grab a boat. Just saying. So... The second murder is the is 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 the doctor, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. And that son, wow. Not an F given on that one. Yep, does not care. He seemed ready for it. He seemed like he wrote the will and he knew it was coming. He he straight up was like, "Oh, father." Next scene. Yep. I was like, "Wow." Oh, I'm sorry. There was there was one scene of him sitting on a bed crying, and I because of the way they shot it, I was waiting for a butler to look out the door with a dog faced man too, and it's just like, you know, looking. I just 
like there's no reaction to death. So why this is going on, we go, uh, there's a loud banging in the basement. Right. And then the, and then the wife, uh, well, the mom that owns the place she's like, there's no basement here. Meh. And the detective and his bodyguard go undowned and they just um, immediately find a basement. Right. And they find one yeah, child. That was skeleton. convenient. Wasn't it? Oh my God. Again, she says there is no basement here, and they turn a corner, and there's the door to and the there's basement. There's the basement. Okay, you know, and they find one child. He's a skeleton. detective, and <laughs> and I detect <laughs> that there's a door to the basement right here. And what's causing the banging is there's a storm outside, and on the one side of the house is a canal. And there's a piece of wood that's violently striking a gate. And they find one child skeleton down there. So therefore, all the kids have died down there. That was the evidence enough. Um, scratching my head right now because I'm getting irritated. <laughs> what happens after this? <laughs> um, Oh, oh, we find out that one of the other guests is the father of the girl that committed suicide, who is the ex-husband to the to the to the mom, the wife. And uh, he is now a playboy philanthropist because. Yeah, uh, because his daughter was sick, because uh, because because his wife was sick, um, s- somebody was sick. So he left, allegedly. I'm not, think, I'm not playing. I think I, I was looking at my phone, bud. I, I okay. really was. I don't. I mean, you know, I tried everyone. I really did. I, I was kind of checked out on this. Okay, uh, fine. Let's let's get into it then, right? I mean, no, I mean, I caught certain beats. You know, I I caught like the, obviously the great reveal at the end, which we're gonna get into, which is know, not. Yeah, in but like a lot of this this plot building stuff, it was just like, you know, they would say something and you'd go, "Who? Uh, right. What?" What, when, who's the, why did the, I know you're telling me, but like, I, I it just, you're moving so fast. I oh, God, I feel, I feel like I'm my, my grandparents now. Oh, slow it down. Why, why you got to tell that story so fast? I used to be, I used to be with it. Did I just look Now they changed what it was. Yeah. I got to go in there and make that story so fast. Uh, we'll just go it up because I think we have a lot to talk about in this part. So we'll go ahead and spoil the killer. And again, what I said to my wife in the beginning of the movie was, if the killer's the mom, I'm going to give it a small bag no matter what. The killer's the mom. Killer's the mom. Uh, again, be- because we've seen this story before. The mom's motive, or one swear word for the episode for me, you get one too. The mom's motive was bullshit. Uh, and... Yeah, it, it kind of it kind of was. What what was it? She was doing kind of like a was it was that thing called Munchausen by proxy? Ugh, right, I picked that up. She couldn't bear to leave her child, so she grew these flowers on the roof of the courtyard of this house, and when the bees do things with it, this flower turns into a honey from the bees. And it is a hallucinogen. It's a mild hallucinogen. Knowing this, her, she just feeds her daughter hallucinating filled honey tea to make her freak out. And there is no ghost children haunting this place at this point in time of the reveal. Uh, because the detective has even said... I have drank in this tea, and I hear children's laughters, and I'm seeing things, but it's all because of hallucination. Tripping balls. <laughs> I want to try his rooms. And the mom admits it. She's just like, no, yeah, it was, it was straight up me. Like, there was no other, like, it could be you, the mom, or it could be you, Colonel Mustard. You know, like, there was none of that. It was just, I know what the killer is. It's the mom. The mom was like, caught me. Well, here's the thing you said. Does the maid, who, by the way, the, the maid, golly, to tone it down, lady. There's no Oscar for you in this movie. A- anyway, where 
she did she admit it too? Because she technically was the one that I guess you could say killed the daughter, right? She's the one that she, o- overdosed yeah. her. Yeah, she she gave her the tea, but she didn't know that it was laced with this hallucinogen. So she gave her too much, and that's what made the daughter's heart stop. What makes it sick? Which happened in Knives Out, by the way. Right. So we got theft. Here. And Adiara's uh, unknowingly gives. Um, What's the guy? The guy's name? Uh, too much. You know, the wrong dose, unknowingly. Yeah, that's what kills. Um, or the correct dose, because she is the weight. Oh well, never mind. Well, screw me for thinking that you know killing your children is wrong. But what makes it even more sick is that the mom discovers that her daughter's dead, so she continues with the lie that children haunt this place. So she grabs a gardening tool on the corpse of her child scratches the hell out of her back to do with the illusion and then throws her into the <laughs> canal. And it's like, <laughs> okay. Again. And she probably, she went to bed that night happy, I bet. Again, like gone are the days, Jordan, where <laughs> that member dies and you could, <laughs> and just, you know, put some marks on their body and be like, oh, see, ghosts. It was a ghost that did that. It certainly wasn't. Certainly wasn't me. Certainly wasn't well, what, our dumb assery. Yes. What even more is BS is that you find out towards in the movie before the reveal the killer is that the detective's bodyguard also has a backstory too that he used to be a police officer. And we find out that he was one of the police officers that was on scene when the daughter committed suicide and he's the one that pulled her out of the canal. Question, why? Um okay what okay so but again though like what 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 made me giggle with this movie is that i don't think it was supposed to be like not taken seriously because like she this mother is dragging her her daughter's corpse and then she drops the body to scrape the back of it and has that loud comedic thud and then she just like tries to put her over the balcony thud smacks her head on the brick and it's just is this supposed to be serious and the mom just straight up admits it and the cops involved and it's just and the maid at no i i with you because the comparing it to the other two movies does not help this movie mm-hmm. it it feels like those other two movies are a bit more bigger production like that's a broadway whereas this Uh is community theater this this seems just like a a downgrade i'm not in a production obviously like the scenes are there the costumes are there the visuals are there that's fine but just execution maybe i it just maybe didn't play to its strengths um this you know the house is beautiful uh where it is is beautiful the outfit in the mask is, I don't know what you're trying to do with that, uh, but it, it just seemed, I don't know, just, again, like everyone got a script that night and was told you're playing this character tonight, and that's just what they did. Tina Fey played Tina Fey, and then everyone else just kind of went into their corners and just like in Clue, kind of assumed the the character that you would imagine being in a film like this. Right, but see, that's the thing is... That we've seen before. Yeah, I mean, like, Clue, they all knew what they were making, and this, I don't think they understand they were making Clue. Also, too, I I call BS, is that we find out where she straights up admits that she's the killer, that she called the shell-shocked doctor in the soundproof library from another room from inside the house and said look I know you're blackmailing me Uh, kill yourself and he grabs a sword and he puts the sword against the wall and backs up into it first of all who who kills themselves like that first of all yeah I I guess (laughs) You think that's you think a gruesome that? way to go, man. When you think about that, he's like, it was like you backed up into a sword 
Slit your throat, bud. Kirk Cobain had it better than you. What, what the heck are you doing? I, I, jeez, I don't know even know if, ugh. like, what do right? I go? Right. I mean, that's instant feeling. There's no like Try to fall on it or something. You just yeah, put it into the bag. I feel like you know, oh, like insult to injury. The statue that he got the sword from had a noose on it. <laughs> See, <laughs> there's your clue the moment there, buddy. Oh god, like that's so stupid. But nothing is more. No, no, not yet. So then, you know, the mom's like, "You're never gonna catch me." And I would have got away with it, you know, if it wasn't for you, squirrely kids. It wasn't for my meddling kid. Right. So <laughs> then. <laughs> so my then poltergeist like, kid. <laughs> so then she like runs around and the detective gets on the roof, you know, and and she has the guardian tool because that's her murder weapon, I, I guess. And it's, it's pretty, pretty scary, still. man. She's got it thrown in his face and stuff. She's so got she's, that guardian she, tool. She's got to scratch him real hard. I'm going to scratch you, kind of like the coon from South Park. What's your superpower? I scratch you. Um, <laughs> but um, all of a sudden, behind the mom, floating in the clouds, when the lightning strikes, it's the ghostly daughter floating. And she, the ghostly daughter reaches out and touches her mom's shoulder, which then makes her mom fall over the balcony, uh-huh. go into the water, uh-huh. and then the mom somehow dies from that fall uh-huh. or is dying from the fall. And then the mom's lifeless body's reaching out, and then we see the ghostly daughter grabbing her mom back down. So this movie is telling us the ghosts are real. Uh-huh. And, okay. and playing a key part in this murder mystery. Very, very stupid. Now, because that's uh, yeah, the purpose it, of this attack. That's a weird thing, right? Is it like, okay, you find out who killed the ghost but then the ghost commits murder so is that a wash then like do you how do you report that how do you go home and and write that one out you know well yeah yeah because the one of the one of the remaining scenes was how are we going to say what happened he was like she committed suicide and can you imagine hercules lieutenant just reading these these page reports that he's bringing in it just got to be like hercule man just, just, what are, what are you the doing, team? man? Yeah. <laughs> what, what makes this movie teeter to not a bag of kernels? We reviewed worse, but what makes this teeter to a no bag territory? I don't know if you agree with me on this one or not. And for those of you who haven't seen the movie yet, listen how stupid this is. There's another twist. We find out that the reason why that the mom was doing the seance and all these things was because she needed money. Why did she need money? Because somebody was sending her letters, a la cutting them out of a magazine per letter thing, right? Letters and blackmailing her, and she was paying the blackmailer Mm -hmm. the money. Who was the blackmail person? The 10-year-old doctor's son? Yes. That's right. The boy genius Jeez. himself. Do you see my stink face? That's like, why that, that man was so shell-shocked, because his serial killer son was... Is he was, guilty was, on this? No, he just looked like... Uh, he's, because the, tech, the detective was like, you can go free. Like, isn't he Isn't he accomplished? I mean, is what do you go to jail for? I don't know, for something like that, I mean, because the blackmail wasn't... What, what she was paid the, him. Yeah, exactly. Like, what was the threat? It, like, it wasn't like anything the, damning. The threat was, you pay me money, or I'm going to expose you. So she paid him all the money. That's straight up from the movie. Yeah, That's I why she had the seance, so she could get money. Gullible she, her, then whatever, man. Like, kids. I don't think he was doing prison. anything illegal. You, you know, why like, was illegal, Eric? Oh well, it's soliciting. Maybe. Isn't blackmail illegal? I, I well, not if you don't know what the hell he's blackmailing you with, right? I know who killed. I know what happened to your daughter. See, Confess. okay, you're okay. Yes, then that might be blackmail. That would be you know something. I'm sorry, because the way that you're pointing it, there's like if I got an email that said something, you know, to you know, no, yeah, no, no, no. hey no. Eric, I know what you did. Give me a hundred dollars. It's just like I don't, 
don't know who the hell this person is. I'm going to delete this. No, no, no. It's straight up. So we, we find out because the detective with the, the twist was like, your father knew that she killed her daughter. And the son was like, yes, he knew all along when he discovered blah, blah, blah. But he wasn't mad enough to come up and say anything because he was shell-shocked from, you know, the because of the camps. So I decided to, you know, do this blackmail letter. And then he straight up says, the detective says, what are you going to do with the money? He probably respects the game. <laughs> right? And then the kids, and then the kid's even stupid. The kid is more stupid, if that's the word, right? Because they get on the boat. They get on the boat to go home. And the kid says, when you die here, you stay here. I'll see you soon, Dad. <laughs> see, kids already got his retirement planned out, too. <laughs> while, <laughs> while, while they're on, while the kids on the same boat with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch go into Missouri. How are we going to buy the house then, huh? Because, some, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I was planning it into my head. Like, the kid, like, 20 years in the future is going to come and buy the house and, like, hang out with his dad out like the Shining TV series. I'm just saying, you know? man, like, I, I think it's, I really did think it was a moment where Hercule was, like, shocked. I was like, Damn, this kid's this kid's running this this type of scam. It's just like you earned it, buddy. You got it. It's all you. Or maybe he's like, you know what? How about you give me a little bit of cut? Give me a, let me see some of that action, and I'll uh, I'll let it slide. Well, also too, we find Her out that his dirty. friend, uh, the girl that was writing the novel, we find out that she staged the seance too. That cam was out at the end too. That she had strings that were gonna pull open the the windows and stuff. I'm just like, what? Yeah. You know, just like what is what is going on? But okay, she seemed harmless though, and all that it, that stage, she admits that it was just because she wants something more to write. And Hercule was just like, you know, like chick, what are you talking about? I give you plenty to write. You know, let me go solve another one of these mysteries, and I'll give you another book to write. You ain't got to do this, but this. I mean, let's be honest, probably something to write. So Well, it's, yeah. it's been 10 years because this takes place in 47, and the last movie took place in 37. 10 years of nothing. Well, I mean, she got something out of a night of, of craziness there, a murder mystery. But uh, at the same part, I, she was trying to use him. He's used to it. Everyone's trying to use him. Well, let's see if we can get something out of this movie. Uh, Eric, <laughs> what is your popcorn rating? For a haunting in Venice. Uh, this is probably like okay. What what's our what's our no in small bag again? Let me get pull up the website. I'll I'll let you pull it up. Yeah, um, because yeah, that's what that's where scale is based off of. People, while he's looking it up, go to movieguyspodcast at podbean.com, click in our rating scale or rating system, and you can see exactly what he's rating, what our popcorn ratings are, and what they define it. What are you thinking? Uh, let's see. The small bag is a film that is not really good, involving many issues. We do not think you should check it out, but go ahead if you must. Um, What's a no bag? No bag is yep. Do not see this film. Not a film that has anything good about it whatsoever. We suffered through it, so you don't have to skip through this movie altogether. Ah, man, somewhere in between there, I guess. I really want to go ahead and say it's a no. It's a no popcorn, man. No bag of popcorn for you. I uh, are you a fish on that? Are you are are you a fish? Yeah, it, it you? just yeah, it just didn't play like the other movies. It just didn't play like the same thing. It, it felt like a reboot, kind of you know, like the characters were there, but they just weren't doing the same things. It it felt rushed at some parts and slow at the other parts. It it was just not for me i didn't like the characters they were either too much or just whatever the hell tina fey was i, I she was tina fey she, you know it's 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 like they just needed somebody to play it hey tina you know that one character that you can do can you play her it's like yeah then that's what she did just just kind of like a you know a gal you know straight off the set of mean girls and everyone else just kind of uh, that that maid or the the nanny, excuse me, was kind of bothersome. She just kind of seemed, she didn't kind of seem, she seemed very much distraught all the time. And I understand that again, she, you know, is haunted and 
things like that. Oh, but it just seemed like she was trying to go for, I don't know, too much. Like she she did not know what movie that she was in. You just said it perfectly before, and I think I I am you know just repeating that is that these people need to know what kind of movie that they're in, and I feel like maybe the director went a different direction of how he should. This this seemed like it was supposed to be. I don't know, serious, but but like uh, exhilarating at times, like thrilling at certain parts. I don't know what they were trying to do. It just maybe they didn't have enough time to build on these characters, the relationship between them, because it seemed like at the end everyone kind of knew what was going on, whether it be the nanny, the mom, the the dad or the kid. Everyone just kind of seemed to know, and Hercule was just like, "All right, so you guys already all knew, and I was just here to." To repeat that, to repeat what you all knew, no like, book deal. Yeah, just like all right, well, that's on to the next one. Good for you. And then, and then Tina Fey was there. She's like, oh, nuts! I thought I had a genuine one there for you, there, kiddo. But uh, turns out, you know, what? That's a weird thing too, by the way. You're telling me that Tina Fey, her character, just wanted to do a, a just a, a by the chance seance. And then that, by the chance, night suddenly goes into like this, this explosive uh, conspiracy murder between families where everybody involved is there in the seance. Yeah, it, 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 it yeah. I mean, she, she was trying to stump him, right? And it turned out to be a bigger thing than what she planned on. Right? That I, happens in life. Again, I've not read the book. I don't know how how tight this is compared to oh, that. Extremely loose. Um, I only read the first few sentences of the synopsis online, but a kid is mysteriously drowned while doing the bobbing for apples thing. So, so the detective has to figure out who killed the kid. So yeah, this movie just really felt like it was its own. Like it was just di- different and separate from the other two completely. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, no it, bag. No bag. Yeah. No back. Yeah, I mean, I said in the beginning of the review, I said it twice, here's the third time. I said to my wife, if the mom's a killer, I'm, I'm automatically going to give it a small bag because you got to come up with something clever. We've already seen these kind of movies before. And if you're going to tell us the same story of movies we've already seen, you got to add some flair to it. Uh, this movie did none of that. Uh, the characters did not know what movie they were in. The kid, I was laughing about the kid and said that he was hammy because I literally think he was hammy. But that doesn't mean that he was good. Um, there's a difference between being hammy and good and not, right? There's a difference. Um, a la Chris Tucker in Fifth Element. But <laughs> He's, he was in a different movie, man. Just every yeah, character yeah, you, was playing yeah. for like a different movie. Everybody was playing for a different movie. Also, we reviewed The Pope's Exorcist late this summer, and this looks like it's the same set. Um, you think it was pretty look at. I thought it was straight up from Pope's Exorcist. Um or maybe from you know a haunting. Remember we reviewed that. Remember we reviewed that one years ago. Yeah. Um, just yeah, it was. I look. I was not a fan of the other two movies, so I went into this. Uh, you know, arms folded. You know, what? Give me something new. Oh, it's a haunting story. Something different than a murder. Murder. Okay, let's go for it. Um, but I felt myself having a stink face on majority of the movie. Like, really, we're gonna go there. Um, so yeah, it's not a fan. So because of that, it's a small bag. If you like murder mysteries, then Hey, it is for you. If you are the reason why Netflix is still in business with their murder mystery docs, then go right at it. No, I say if you're a fan of murder mysteries, there are a a lot of other movies you could check out before this one. (laughs) Well, yeah, but uh, this is in the same vein, right? I mean, like, you know, if you like slasher movies, you're going to see all of them. Like, eventually you're going to see Terror Train. You know what I mean? I I know what you we're going with, yeah. At the same part, that's kind of the good part. You know, there's a difference between Tremors 1 and Tremors 8. Right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, no bag for me, no bag for Eric. <laughs> Eric, we've had some stinkers here recently, haven't we? Oh, boy, have we. Oh, maybe next week could be a little bit of a different story. Next week, we get to review one of my favorite directors of all time. So hopefully, I'll come in with a better attitude. I don't know if you're a fan of him as much as I am, but we'll see. We'll see.
We'll see. Eric, thanks so much for joining me. Make sure to check out movieguyspodcast.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcast from. We are on that platform. Thank you so much for checking this out. And we'll be back next Thursday, like always, with an awesome episode. Have a good night. I, whatever. I had two, duty, yeah. Right. By the way, my two beers was $5. Gina's margarita was $10, the same price of my two beers. Anyway, so, you know, she comes back. Hey, you know, I forgot to tell you guys, 10 people or more, 10% gratuity. And I look up at her without skipping a beat. And I know you can see me. Oh, and yeah. I go, and I go, well, you ain't going to get a tip now, aren't you? <laughs> holy shit she she looks at me like i'm an asshole and i'm like yes i'm like i could have given you more money oh jordan i didn't you did why are you doing this to me bud and she's just like i i don't know and gina's gina's looking at me and just like okay okay but that's my point of my rant man is you don't know what kind of customer i'm gonna be so you slap this 10% gratuity without telling common folk as myself, okay, you ain't getting nothing. You're going to get your 10%. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> You're probably giving them all the more reason with that response as to why they should include gratuity. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. I have discovered. How, how dare you think I'm going to tip you? No, no. How, how dare, dare you assume that? Let how, me decide my body, my choice. How dare you? Th- or my wallet, you- my choice. <laughs> exactly. How dare you tell me I have to pay? Not anywhere in the menu does it set 10% gratuity. On the way home, my wife was driving. On the way home, I was on their website looking on their menu, their PDF menu. Nowhere does it say that they're going to charge you 10% gratuity. And it's just like, look. There may be some jerks out there, right, that come into a restaurant that's like, I'm not going to give you anything, meh, right? And you get the guys in the middle. And then you get the guys that are just are going to tip more than what their bill is, right? You don't know. I, I could have given you more. But because you did that, I ain't giving you nothing. Jordan, I, you I get, think you it, get your 10%. It might need – I think it needs to be said – the big part where she had said that in uh, parties or groups of 10 or more, how many people did you have there? 10. That gratuity is included. This, I I would say more often than not, Jordan, is standard practice. Okay, just just say it. Because the way that, again, you had to have been there, but for her to grab the car. Oh, I did not need to be there. I, could, I, I can see it perfectly in my head. <laughs> well, you ain't gonna get nothing. No, it's 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 the way she did it. It's you grab our cards, you go, you swipe all of our cards. Is that what you it come is? Back, With you such come arrogance, back, Jordan. Such she, a she matter of factness. She comes back. She goes, "Oh, I forgot to tell you guys that we automatically charge ten percent." <sighs> it's like you know what? Your spaghetti warehouse. She didn't need to tell you. She could have just. <laughs> Put and it then the I bill and, and had you guys figure it out on your own. Right. And then I still would have given you nothing. <laughs> nothing. I hate that, man. The fancy steak place at the casino didn't charge us that. We tipped him nice. It was just you and Gina. I gave him $20. At it was just gratuity would not be included in something like that unless otherwise notified. Usually restaurants that do it for small tables will let you know on the menu or notify you at the table that I've seen on rare occasions the server has said something that hey everything is of price you no know tip is included it's in, it's included with the price of, the, of our of our items you know you don't you can just pay for you're, this and then you're, you're going to tell Sarah this aren't you she'll probably listen to this <laughs> Elder, that if you would you put up or not? Yeah, with, with this, the end stinger. Well, I, 
It pisses me off, man. No, no, I, I get it. It's it's like this restaurant thing because, man, Jordan, there have been sometimes, if you're lucky, it's 10% because there have been some restaurants where it is, I felt like I have just been, you know, like they completely had their way with me. Jody Foster, it, it was just rough, man. It was traumatic sometimes. There was one restaurant where I think it was it was really bad, Jordan, and I, I'm not a foodie by any means, but I do like to wine and dine. I do like to go out. There was this one, man, it was just bad from the start. Everything about it, it was just hitting the beats of how bad this place was. Uh, man, just everything, how empty the restaurant was, how how the staff just did not give a shit about anything. How there were no dinner plates. Everything was served on something else. I had my, my steak on a stool. It was, it, everything was just trying to be something that it wasn't. And then right. at the end, they added like, 18 or 20 percent on top of gratuity automatically they didn't tell us they also added a charge uh because i was using a card also they didn't accept cash oh god so it was like an it was a huge surcharge on the card too like uh, it was some added charge i was like well this is robbery this is an actual dump of a place that's just trying to take money and it was we we heard a fight there. We heard people fighting with the staff there, and then it was just uh, it's comical, man. It, it was well, I had a bad experience, and dude. Like we're sitting at this long table, right? And there's booths around us, but that close, but close enough, you know. Like, and and, and my uh, my brother-in-law was just uh, sitting across from me. He was like, "Hey, man, so uh, how how's how's in you know how's your job going in the world that you work for a living?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know." It's nice. I get to ride my bike to work sometimes. It's nice. And then some strange guy at a booth across from us was like, yeah, I like to ride my bike to work too. And I straight up looked at the guy and you know me and I go, and some weird guys listen to my conversation now. Like, <laughs> go away. Like, how? you know what I mean? Like, this is not your family. <laughs> go away. Why did you comment on me? We're not drinking beers together. Like I want to rewatch Curb Your Enthusiasm now, man. Every day, and I think you agree with me too. I just turn closer, more and more into Larry David. Just complaining yeah. about, just like what, like what, what are we doing here with these, yeah. with these cursory and these, these. I mean, these so polite little, uh, 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 you know, greetings and small talks that just waste time and, you know, does these fake good mornings and just say come on we got I, I, I gotta go somewhere well also oh dude i was nice this had to be a thing can i just give you the money you give me the coffee i go um so my wife's sister her husband what's he called and for me and my family like my my sister-in-law's husband is is is, is, is does he have a title no brother-in-law what do you be brother-in-law because he's my sister in law's husband. Your sister in law's what the what do you Your sister in law's husband? Right. So Gina's sister is my sister in law. Yeah, her husband. Is does he have a fancy title? Or is he just I guess he'd be your brother and I think your brother in law, right? What do you okay. All right. So my other brother in law, he was like, whoopsie doopsie. <laughs> I look over and I'm like, yeah, what's up? You know, he's just, he's like, it looks like they put one of our children's meals on your bill. Looks like you paid for that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, you know what? Don't worry about it. Ah, no, not a big deal. And he goes, well, we got to send you the money. and We got to Venmo you or something. And I was like, no, let's just say it's the price for your, uh, what did I say? Price for your company. And he goes, well, it's not very good company. Am I right? <laughs> so I go, oh, that guy's hilarious, man. Those are some knee slappers. Also, I don't think it's brother-in-law. I think he would just be your sister-in-law's husband. That's what I wanted to know. Like, I wasn't being silly for a reason. Like, 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 do those dudes get a name? No, I think, you know, whatever his name is. All right. That's about as far as it goes. Well, he's that was just, my name. He, he's just a dude. That was my night. What's it? What's that? Uh, a jag? Just another guy? Nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 
that was that was my night. So uh, just so you know, when we come up to see you guys on Sunday, I don't think you're gonna take us to a fancy place. But in the future, if you do take us to a fancy place, and then we're you know, and like if Gene and I are gonna pay our our own way, just be like, hey, big guy, just so you know, place has gratuity. Okay, I am fine with that. You fair, you have tickled the area before you've entered. I at least know, <laughs> so therefore I cannot be pissed. How about this? If I ever take you to a place that yeah. is non-traditional or eccentric with their style or whatever they're yeah. doing is that's different there i yeah. will probably let you know before we go there that's all there's I'm yeah uh, but you know play to the crowd here i'm, I'm not gonna take you to well i may like that ethiopian here nice just tell me just say hey this is going to happen and I can't be mad at that point. You know what like, I mean? All right, buddy, I hope you brought a bib. Right. Yeah, all right, here we go. Like, you have warned me. It's not your fault now. It's my responsibility. So, yeah, that was my night. Called Medieval Times. <laughs> sit in this section. We're going to cheer for one of the knights. 